Welcome to the Keep Idaho Red Radio Show, where you'll hear from national, statewide, and local Republican leaders about the issues that are most important to Idahoans today. Now, please welcome Tom Luna and Vic Miller. Good morning and welcome back. And we are now going to be uh, joined this morning, Tom, on KIDO with, uh, with Dan McKnight. And Dan McKnight is the chairman and, and founder of Bring Our Troops Home, which has a presence in all 50 states. So, first of all, good morning to you, Dan McKnight. Good morning, Tom and Victor. Thanks for having me on. Hey, Dan, remind us, uh, we, haven't, we haven't spoken to you in a couple of years, but your uh, mission's always been the same. But can you remind people a little bit about... Um, you know why you got involved in bring your troops home and the experiences that you uh, you bring to it. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so I, I served in the military for 13 years in the Marine Corps, the Army, and the Idaho Army National Guard. I re-enlisted into the Guard after 9/11 uh, because I wanted to go and serve in Afghanistan. I wanted to avenge uh, you know America's black eye. And, and uh, when I was there, I I really learned a lot about who I was and about our country and about the Constitution. And I realized that we were there without a proper declaration from Congress, and it reflected in our mission. We were a ship without a sail. Um, we were just kind of there. We didn't have a mission. We didn't have a goal. We didn't have a purpose, and we had no definition of victory. And when I came home, I was angry. I'd gotten hurt, and I retired, and I went underground for a few years socially. I didn't, I didn't want to engage in society. And uh, in 2019, I reemerged with the, uh, the, the uh, election of Donald Trump and the um, the Republicans taking back the Senate, and I saw Jim Risch uh, become the chairman of the Senate Committee on Foreign Relations, a very powerful position. And I thought I would just leverage my, my relationship with Jim Risch and see if I couldn't lobby him personally to see if he would use his position to help end the undeclared wars and for Congress to reclaim their authority over matters of war, as the Constitution outlines. And uh, so we started this organization, and uh, veterans joined in droves, and in four years, we have spread all across the country, and we are now working on uh, defining legislation in, in all the individual states uh, to reassert the authorities in uh, the states and of Congress and the Constitution. So you are in 50 states, that's that's right? That's correct, yeah, we have members in all 50 states. In fact, we have members all around the world, really. So let's, uh, let's, pay, let's, pay. let's talk about um, your kind of the maturation of bring our troops home. And so talk about the first bills that you, like when did you start this effort to reach legislators and legislatures? And what successes um, have you had and what course corrections have you had? And then we'll talk a little bit about your recent successes in Arizona. Absolutely. So when we first started this organization, we took 100 veterans from the global war on terror and some state lawmakers, including uh, uh, at the time Representative Tammy Nichols from Idaho and um, Ben Adams, who's now Senator Ben Adams from Idaho. And we went back to Washington, D.C. with 100 veterans and lawmakers to lobby our members of Congress. So we were from all over the country and we set up these appointments for these veterans to go in and tell their stories to their senators and their their congressmen. And to a a person, every congressman and senator sat down and did the um, the societal norm. They thanked us for our service. They listened intently. They shook our hand and took a picture and then shoot us out of their office. Um, and we didn't feel like we could ever affect change and reclaim Congress's war powers uh, back from the executive branch by dealing with Congress. 
In fact, Liz Cheney, when we went to her office, she said that as long as it was up to her, we would stay in Afghanistan forever, even though there'd never been a declaration of war to send us there. And so we left the Washington DC thinking, you know what, we need to find a better way. We love the constitution, we swore an oath to it. Let's find a better way to use the constitution than lobby these, uh, these tone deaf legislators, that are senators and congressmen. And so we came up with this idea of reclaiming the state's authority over their own militia. It's built into the constitution. And we started really studying it and realizing that the, the militia of the state has been codified and defined as the National Guard. And we thought, wow, the National Guard serves in all these overseas wars and there's never been a declaration of war. How is that possible? And so we really started writing this bill and then found out that 10 years ago, this bill had already been tried by the 10th Amendment Center in the state of Maine. And then um, it had gone away, no, it, no success. And then we found out five years ago, um, a delegate Pat McGeehan, an Air Force Academy graduate and combat veteran had tried in West Virginia and had some little bit of success. So we learned from their efforts and we re refined our process and we rewrote this bill called Defend the Guard that essentially says that the National Guard of the state of Idaho or Texas or Maine or Arizona will not be released into federal service for the purpose of fighting in combat overseas unless Congress has first declared war. It fits in the Constitution. Article 1, Section 8 says Congress has the authority to declare war. The Constitution says that Congress can call forth the militia for three purposes in Clause 15, to repel an invasion, to put down an insurrection, or to enforce the laws of the Union. It says nothing about taking the militia and going overseas to fight in an undeclared war. And so we talked to constitutional scholars and attorneys and veterans and anybody that, that had an opinion we would talk to them and we consolidate it into this one bill, 179 words. It's clean, it's simple, there's no ambiguity. And it just, it's just, it's the, based on the 10th Amendment saying that the states have control over their militia and the states will do what their job to interpose between us, the citizens, and a federal government that's not doing their job. And Dan, are there protections also when it comes to state constitutions for their own militia? Sure, absolutely. The, the states are the ultimate arbiter of their own militia. It, it's in the Constitution, and every state has it built into their state constitution. The governor gets to appoint an adjutant general, right? That, that is a cabinet position for each governor. And the governor is the commander of the militia or the National Guard until such a time that Congress calls them forth into federal service under either Title 10 orders. Uh, in fact, I'm sorry, only under Title 10 orders. If, it's, if they're federalized under Title 32, the feds are paying for it, but the governor is still the commander in chief. And that would be times like putting out forest fires or floods or COVID relief or things like that. But Title 10 specifically is federal service to repel an invasion, to put down an insurrection and to enforce the laws of the union or to train overseas or to participate in combat that has been declared by Congress. That's the law and we've gotten away from it. And this bill is just uh, its purposes to redefine it. So, folks, we're visiting with Dan McKnight. Dan is uh, uh, leads the um, and is the chair of the uh, national organization called Bring Our Troops Home, and he's uh, shared with us his journey to um, uh, that led to the creation of this organization and the work that they're doing. Um, so, um, Dan, real quick, um, quick question: Without the law that that you're pursuing in a number of states. How does it currently work? Um, so we have um, uh, an undeclared war um, 
and National Guard troops are starting to deploy, is there currently a step where the governor of that state has to approve a request, or does the president slash federal government have the ability to deploy the Idaho National Guard without the consent of the governor? That, Tom, that, that is the best question anybody's asked me in four years, and let me tell you why. It is and it isn't defined. Currently, no governor objects to the use of their National Guard for any purpose, right? They tried once to object in the 80s when Ronald Reagan, the great uh, communicator, was taking the National Guard down to Central America and building um, airstrips air and uh, roads, and the Democratic governors thought that he was preparing for a U.S. invasion of Central America with the military. And so they sued and said, we're not sending our National Guard. And ultimately, Congress passed a, a law, an amendment to Title 10 um, that it says that the governor cannot object to the purpose, the scope, or the place uh, of their National Guard being deployed. The Supreme Court heard the case and said, we agree. The, the governors cannot object for the purposes of training. And they were very clear. They said, you cannot object if the president or Congress wants to take your National Guard overseas to train in a real-world scenario. But it never addressed combat. And the reason it didn't address combat is because the Constitution is so clear on who has the authority to declare war. They never anticipated Congress abdicating their, their, their role and giving away that responsibility to the President. And so the, question, the answer to the question is, governors cannot object for any purpose that is constitutionally proper. And that's what we're saying is that fighting in an undeclared war violates the intent of the Constitution, the intent of the, the original intent of the Constitution, and therefore the supreme law of the land. Well, Dan, we, we appreciate that explanation, and your work is getting more and more attention. Uh, and uh, let, so let, let's talk specifically about Arizona. And, um, and I also want to make sure we talk about your recent um, uh, interview and, uh, on, on Carl, uh, Tucker Carlson. So uh, talk about Arizona specifically and the traction that you've uh, gotten there. Absolutely. So we have a fantastic bill sponsor in Arizona, retired 20-year lieutenant colonel in the Air Force, Senator Wendy Rogers. She's our bill sponsor. And uh, four weeks ago, we had Senator Rogers and three other senators that supported the bill, and that was it. And uh, we were running out of resources as an organization, and we decided to put go all in in Arizona. And we applied the tactics that we teach in our, our political activism schools all over the country, and we put them to work in Arizona. And in three weeks, we flipped... 100% of the Senate wow. Republicans. We, we got every single Republican senator to vote for our bill and it passed the Arizona Senate, the first body that's accepted and passed this bill. And now we're waiting to pass it in the House in Arizona where we're putting tremendous pressure on Speaker Toma to assign it to a committee. And uh, we currently have uh, 10 co-sponsors in the House in Arizona. And so we, we, we teach how to do this. We teach the art of influential politics, not confrontational politics, influential politics. And we, we, we apply what we teach. And it's, uh, it's helped us succeed in Arizona. We also passed the, uh, a committee in the House in Montana. And we're going before the, Senate, the body in the Senate in Montana this week, maybe tomorrow. And uh, we've got bill sponsors in almost 40 states, and we've had 26 introductions and hearings this year. So it's growing across the country. The time is now for this kind of restrained foreign policy movement. And, and what's, this, what's the status of Idaho? So we had a bill sponsored in Idaho. It's uh, Senator Adams. Um, it was introduced. We got a bill number. 
the Senate State Affairs Committee uh, scheduled for a hearing and then changed it uh, when Chairman Anthem changed it to an informational presentation. And we were only able to go there and tell our story and give him background. Uh, they, they required no vote and the members of the committee thanked us for our service, took a picture with us and then shoot <laughs> us out the door. Sounds familiar, right? Let, let sure talk about, uh, and I don't mean necessarily specific to Idaho, but the similar story that you've told, that you told about your experience, for example, in D.C., right? Um, but let, let's talk about uh, uh, Tucker Carlson, because that, um, that really uh, gave you the opportunity to be on a national stage, and it's paying dividends. Absolutely. So we, we got, we've been work, trying to get on a show for a while. We finally got on, and Tucker was gone, and the, the guest host was Will Kane, who is fantastic. And within moments of that show airing, that episode airing, our email account blew up, um, our donation page blew up, and uh, we have a petition that we were pushing in Arizona that put 6,500 signatures into the Capitol building in Arizona in a matter of hours. Wow. Uh, we filled up voicemail boxes. We, we overran the system in Arizona because of that show, and it breathed new life into the organization. And we're gonna be on Salcedo on Newsmax tonight. Uh, we've gotten requests for the Buck Johnson podcast. We're going to be our media hits in the next couple of weeks are booked out solid. Well, praise God for that. So, um, just tell people that are listening how can they engage, bring our troops home. There's two really good ways. One, bringourtroopshome.us is our organization website, and that's where you can learn about the organization and our mission in as in general as veterans. Then there's the defendtheguard.us website, and this is our legislative uh, legislation-specific website where you can go and you can click on your state on the map and find out if there's a bill and a sponsor and what the status is. And there's a petition under each state or most of the states where you can sign the petition and let your representatives know um, that you support this bill. And we're actually building it out now where you'll be able to send a petition, signature, a personalized email, a video message or a phone call directly to your representative and your senator in the legislature because the states is where we have the most authority, the most leverage. It's not in DC. You know, as much as we like, you know, Jim Risch, I, I consider him, you know, he was a hero of mine early in my military career. He wouldn't pick up the phone if I called him right now. But if I called my representative, Ted Hill, he's gonna answer on the first ring. If I call my Senator Scott Grow, he's gonna answer and we're gonna have a conversation. That's where we the people have leverage over the things that govern us. Well, Dan McKnight, chairman and founder of Bring Our Troops Home, we're glad that you are a treasure in the Treasure Valley. We're glad we're, you're one of our own. So thank you for, uh, we're not quite Tucker, but we're uh, grateful that you uh, spent some time with us today. And uh, we're very grateful for you. <clears throat> and uh, thanks for coming on. You bet. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. We'll be right back. <laughs> 